0: How do we start again? <laughs> that's pretty. It's good enough. That'll do. Do you have a
1: pitch pipe, Thomas? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we got positive feedback, by the way, about my intro. Oh, good. Good. I'm delighted.
0: From who?
2: Yeah. Haka, awesome. So you've been busy. Yeah, I, I think you guys might identify with this. Um, so, I did the talk um, at the last Limerick iOS developers meetup uh, on Core Data, which went okay, except I only covered about 10% of what I wanted to. Um,
1: I heard there was this awful heckler in the audience as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me and Baz got to argue about <laughs> syntax. <laughs> I think it really made, it really made the event. You know? Yeah, it did. Shows we care, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, like when you watch people do stuff and it just oh makes it so cross. <laughs> anyway, so the logical next thing was to write that up in a blog post. And it's something I'd wanted to do for a while. I'd sort of over the past two years been kind of reading about Cordata and refining my own setup. Um, so I thought, well, you know, I had the notes from when I wanted to give the talk. So I thought, fine, I'll give the talk. Um, But I also wanted to include source code in Swift as well as Objective-C. So I started writing and I was putting the blocks of code after each other. And I'm like, ah, this kind of sucks. And especially when I'm looking at stuff like the Apple documentation, I either want to see the Swift or I want to see the Objective-C, depending on what language I'm writing in. I definitely do not want to see the two together. So you guys are familiar with a website called nshipster.com, right? Yep. Yep. And they had this cool thing where you can switch between um, Objective-C and Swift. So I said, uh, instead of writing up my talk, I'm going to do a WordPress plugin to do that. So that's what I have been doing for the past uh, week I just finished it. Um, it's called Hipster Press, um, and it works. You guys have tested it, right? Yep. Very um, swish. There you go. So um,
0: does yours change but, every every in, uh, instance on the page? Yeah. Very nice.
2: So, and it doesn't matter which one you change. Um, so yeah, writing JavaScript, which I'd say is probably the most JavaScript I've ever written in my life. It's bits of it are not bad. I kind of like the functions as first class citizens thing. And how much JavaScript did you have to do? Was was any of the JavaScript
1: intertwined with the PHP or is it fairly separate? You just, you made that in, you made it, you could have done that standalone in JavaScript and then you just kind of fired it out with the, the WordPress plugin, or is there kind of the division of of labor there?
2: Yeah, um there's enough JavaScript in it that uh GitHub thinks it's a JavaScript project. Right. So GitHub when you have it like it counts how many lines if there's a mix of languages, it counts how many lines of each. So there's more JavaScript than PHP in it. Um So basically what I do is to be fair, I know it's trendy to sort of um Beat on WordPress these days, but they've really nice hooks. Uh, one of the things I wanted was I, w- I only wanted to load this JavaScript when it was needed. I didn't want to kind of clutter up my site by loading this on every page. And so WordPress has lots of really nice plugins. Basically, you know, you have a hook for when content is loaded, and then you can search through the con the the source code that you're about to present, see if there's any uh, object to see and Swift in what you're about to present and if there is then just add a hook to load the javascript and then it was just the javascript so that's kind of it really
1: yeah i'm looking at the code actually it's nice and tidy literally all it does is inject the javascript but only if there is objective c or css on the page
2: yeah so like in some ways uh, is why does wordpress have a a bad reputation i mean the the barrier to entry is really low um but you know there are guidelines out there it's not too bad i mean my plugin is uh it's a php class so i'm doing object-oriented programming in php um so uh yeah it was okay it was good um so then, of course, I decided, so I finished that and then I'm like, OK, now I better write up the post. And I'm like, uh, I don't like the syntax highlighting plugin that I'm using in WordPress. Uh, I used, I think it's called Crayon Syntax Highlighter. And Dave, I think you might use the same one. Is that right? think so, yeah. I
1: can't. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't say that in a court of law, but yeah, I think so.
2: <laughs> it's, I mean, it's quite nice, but it, it's a little bit over like the, the sort of the, the line, each line is striped, you know, there's an alternating background and there's sort of line numbers and stuff. And I'm sure I could have changed all of that, but it, it didn't really fit with the theme of my site. So I wrote another plugin uh, to do syntax highlighting. Um, And I couldn't think of a name for that one. And I think I said before, when I can't think of a name of what to call a project, I, I look up the Irish name. Um. Because normally that's not taken, so it's a quick one. Um, so, I can't remember. Oh yeah, so I looked up what the Irish for highlighter was, like a highlighter pen. So it's Ives shihor. <laughs> so that's what my syntax highlighting <laughs> plugin is. Possibly not the easiest I to say. I was wondering why
0: all your GitHub projects were named so strangely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my... I don't think I put up... I must put up my... Uh, my Mac app to track customer support calls, that's called Kuniv. <laughs> like Le Day, meaning help. Um, that, did you guys ever find that, like kind of naming something? Like, I know it's, you know, one of the three problems in computer science or whatever, but like I can get stuck for days, just I can't think of a name.
1: Yeah, same. And I usually end up going on um, Lean Domain Search. And just typing in the word Uh. and seeing what domains are available and just picking the first one that's the shortest that makes (laughs) any sense. That's gotten me out of a few binds.
2: Yeah, all mine are unique. They're just impossible to pronounce for 99.99% of the world, so... Um, So yeah, there are my two uh, WordPress plugins. I'll put links to the GitHub repositories in the show notes. I'm not 100%... um, So for the syntax highlighting, I didn't write it from scratch. I used a project called Prism.js, which is one of the more recent uh, JavaScript syntax highlighters. Um, But the syntax highlighting for Objective-C is not very good. Um, So I might... It's just regular expressions. (laughs) Haha, just regular expressions. So... If I get time I might rewrite the object to C bit. But uh yeah. That's my stuff.
1: We're slowly reaching the point where Thomas is going to rewrite WordPress. Slowly. <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> dropping a level every time. It's like, I wrote my own WordPress theme. I wrote my own syntax highlighter. I wrote my own, you know, so we're 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 dropping down the stack.
2: To be fair, I have not as yet written my own static site generator, which seems to be a rite of passage for Actually, I did back in maybe 2005. Maybe. Uh, it, wasn't, it
1: wasn't cool then. You don't get any points. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it w- it was really bad. It just like in the uh, the .ht access, it just used to prepend and append PHP. <laughs> and then based on the file name, I think, or it had to have a h1 tag. And then I think it picked up that and did all this stuff. So, yeah, very janky. Thankfully, well gone at this stage. Is there any equivalent in Python? Like, I know there's Django, but if I'm going to be sort of hacking away recreationally, I much prefer to do it in Python.
1: There's a few um, blog engines written in Python, but there's nothing that would have the, there's obviously nothing that has the the momentum of uh, WordPress. Mm,
2: Kind of a shame, really. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. So now that I... Um, when, when, when are you putting it up on your site? It's, it's live. It? Oh, the write-up at the top. Yeah. I, I just need to find something else to... Uh, as an excuse not to write it up. Oh, okay. so probably <laughs> next year. He doesn't like any of I've, the
1: fonts, so he has to design his own font from, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: from scratch. He doesn't like the tease. I, t- <laughs> I tried writing it up. I've got I've got like three paragraphs in. Cordat isn't the most interesting subject as well, so I think I'm boring myself. Hmm. Mm. But on the positive side, I don't need to write it up anymore because now that I have spent two evenings writing JavaScript, I can write all my apps in JavaScript as well. What do you think? Did you learn how to use uh plugins, JavaScript plugins? What are they? Should we be fine? Copy and paste. <laughs> so what's this, Dave, you had a link about um, this guy who wrote a game in um, with okay. a framework called Phone Gap and said never again.
1: Yeah. So this was um, posted on Hacker News and a guy who had a, he's a game called Super Flipside and he Wrote it in 2010, and then, or reimagining of an earlier game he wrote, and he wanted to do it on uh, iOS, basically, but didn't know Objective-C or Swift, so it was like, ah, phone gap, and that allowed him, so he's a web developer, so that obviously allowed him to leverage his existing skills and produce the app. So, um, basically, he kind of admits to himself that he, you know, as a, as a, a user, he found that the, the phone gap apps felt like garbage, but he said that he should try it just to rule it out. So um, basically, he created the app. It doesn't suck. I downloaded it and I played it, um, but I am on an iPhone 7, so you can't get any any faster than that, really. But he said he's still never doing it again. So he breaks it down under some various headings, and generally it comes down to, to performance and being a, a second-class citizen on the on the platform. So the main thing was the WK web view is the only thing that made it actually really possible, because just in the UI web view it was the minute he added something, it was uh, immediately dropping frames. And he said that on the, let's say, the 5S or something like that, basically you get a push notification, and that would... Um, mm-hmm. Our garbage collection, the whole thing would just kind of freeze up, basically. He said it was unplayable on his iPad 2, and he didn't test it on any older devices. But um, it's a simple game, and there's absolutely no reason, if you look at the game, why that game shouldn't be amazing on the iPad 2, if it was written natively, you know?
0: Mm-hmm, definitely.
1: So, do you guys read the article?
0: Yeah, I read it there. It was kind of... I, I, I guess it was kind of interesting... Once he decided to stick with it, the the ways he got around, I guess, you know, getting better frames and stuff like this, things he had to put in or little hacks he had to put in even, um, because it's a web view, I guess, if you ever use the web view inside in your app, it takes a second to load up. So you do just get a blank screen always, um, which never really looks professional, but he said that's how it worked because when he was using the web page, it was blank when the app started. So he had to put in another plugin for, um, a, screen, a splash screen plugin. So I know that's much easier natively to do, to have an extended splash screen. Not that you'd need one if you do it natively, but yeah, it kind of seemed like like a lot of extra work to put in. But I guess you didn't have to you learn been, Objective-C or Swift.
2: <laughs> you, you've been working on your own game recently, Baz. Like, mm. as you look at the screenshots of this game, like, from your perspective, how complex does it look?
0: Yeah, no, not very complex at all. Um, there Some seems nice to be effects of,
1: going on if you look at it yeah. in motion, though. In If you actually download it and play it, there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot like of effects an, and stuff.
0: Yeah. Just more it's than good, it looks no, static. It looks really like. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, you kind of look at it and as an iOS developer, all you see is rectangles half the time. So his game is just a bunch of rectangles. There's not a huge amount of them on screen, but he said once he had a few elements on screen, like... I'm I'm imagining around five to ten. His app is slowing down incredibly. So, but like again, he probably has this on the Android app store as well.
1: Not so, yet, apparently.
0: Not yet. Okay, but he might not have to do a whole bunch to get it there, hmm. uh, which I guess is an advantage of it.
1: Yeah, I just opened the app here to take a look at it, and it's frozen. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> yeah, Tom. So. Sorry, but if you're editing the podcast, and it got really loud on my side at one stage, I was playing. <laughs> playing a video of it. Um but yeah, yeah I've been I've, I've been doing a game I guess natively and you can throw a lot at it. I ran it on a, a 5S. Seems to run pretty well. <laughs> but I might do a frame counter um throw one in and see what it's like as well.
1: I think Baz it's interesting that you're not you're not using any game related frameworks in the slightest.
2: Nope. Couldn't be you're bothered. You're not even using SpriteKit, right? Like you're there's, there's, there's absolutely no images in the whole
0: game. The game is like a couple of hundred K.
2: Wow.
1: Could this... What, what, um, what version of iOS... I'm just interesting, interested to, to know. What version of iOS technically could this run on? I know obviously you're probably using stack views and stuff like that. But in terms of just the, the features of the UI and stuff, like, are we talking iOS 2? Or iPhone, OS yeah, two.
0: pretty much. Pretty much, yeah, there'd, there'd be a bit more mats, I guess, involved, and I wouldn't have the luxury of um auto layout. And to you'd, have only it have run on... <laughs> you'd only have one huh?
1: screen size, but yeah, still,
0: that's true. Back in the day, yeah, we only had the one screen size. Um, okay, so, so you
1: are you are using uh auto layout and stuff.
0: I'm using auto layout, so I don't, I know it's going to look the same on every screen, yeah, relatively speaking. It's just percentages, I guess, uh, different. But yeah, it, it, this game, knowing what I know now after years of development, you know, uh, yeah, I definitely could go back to the early days of app development and recreate this game pretty much, use a lot of the code again. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of, I wanted to keep it simple. And if you see a lot of the word games on the app store, they're very, very simple, Um can't even remember naming half them many more games even like trees and stuff like that uh, yeah i think there was
1: there was a kind of a design shift there i think with yeah. ios 7 that just made it okay to have everything basically just a bunch <laughs> of rectangles. <the> <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh letterpress um in particular letterpress,
0: that one yeah and that's that. got very nice pretty colors in it and stuff like that but uh they didn't have to do much and that's something you could recreate i guess uh natively um in objective c and i guess that's an interesting p- thing i guess about people don't know is you can make uh games very very quickly without having to use a game engine depends how complex you want to get it but if you want to just do a very simple 2d game just use the the native stuff for now even learning and to v- develop games like
1: and you just have to resist the temptation to go i think i need to write a game engine first
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: because that is always the problem I've done that more mm. than more than twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so no game engine, but then I guess can't reuse this again, but it's not a hugely complex app mm-hmm. anyway.
1: So I think it ties in nicely with uh, some of the stuff we were talking about last week where um, uh, we'd uh, Alan wrote in and he was asking about, you know, he was a web developer and he was, le- you know, so I think, you know, the idea of leveraging those existing skills is still not... Really possible if you're doing anything interactive. By the sounds of this, this article. Hmm.
2: Yeah. It's funny. So it, this has come up time and time again, like this myth of right, um, right once run anywhere. Um. I think the other thing is, though, your conclusion was he'd never do it again, and I kind of would partly interpret his decision as. A result of a development experience that involved fighting at every step of the way um and the thing is life's too short to do that sort of development where you're fighting the platform or you're trying to shoehorn in um like the article mentions um an accessibility feature that if you display a, a web view from within an app, the user should be able to pinch to zoom because that's really important for people with, with visual impairments, but obviously would break something like this. Um, and just think like, yeah, leave web views for websites and let's do apps the way the way they're meant to be done.
0: Yeah, but I, I like that he did give it a shot. I know he just kind of... Go down an avenue and see. Well, I guess you know, it, it, have the experience of something sucking enough so you can kind of go back and go and reevaluate yourself and kind of go, okay, now it's time to to learn Swift or Objective C. Mm. Yeah, but is that like learning Swift now for us? You know where. As you're saying, life's too short to be shoehorning stuff in and fighting the code and stuff like that. And you're, <laughs> when you're so well, used to learning it in one language or writing in one language, now.
1: Uh <laughs> I think phone gaps as good as it's gonna get. Like Swift is evolving, at least.
0: Yeah, true. I can't and believe phone be gap is still around. Actually, yeah. I was surprised the phone gap was still a thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I used it for a project last year. Oh wow! And. Never again. (laughs) It wasn't too bad. Um, It was just a basic app, like just um, a login screen and a a button or two. And it had to, the stipulation was it had to run on every single platform ever designed to man, like, um, Mm -hmm. including the web. So it was just like fine. So it used Framework 7, which is a really, really nice UI um, uh, kind of skin for the iphone and android so you get really nice native looking controls the android stuff is unreal like it it uh does the material stuff it does the blurring it does everything like it's it's really good and then um in terms of packaging it up i actually used um cordova or PhoneGap's own website to package it up into the app like it was just like here's a here's a, um Here's a zip file. Off you go and do it, and it, it generated it for Android. So I I didn't even have an Android tested on, but it just it just worked. So for something like that, it was fine. Short project, needed to get everything done, but very limited scope. You know, um, eh? I wouldn't run back to it, but I'd I'd probably use it over learning Java, to be honest. Hmm. I think the last the last thing I'll do is learn Android development natively. I think. I'll try every other thing first.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're eventually going to have to come out with something different, aren't they? I don't uh, know. I've been hearing rumors
1: uh, now from like probably hacker news, like so who knows how um substantiated or unsubstantiated there that Google is very interested in Swift for Android development as well ooh um or that they're they're thinking of making it some class of a Maybe not a first class citizen, but giving it some billing. Yeah, yeah. So that would be very interesting. And But then would that mean nice. uh,
0: we'd have to do both apps then?
1: <laughs> I wouldn't mind. <laughs> you got the or at least you can do the common stuff in Swift. You can probably do that anyway, to be honest, because you can just compile it to to whatever. Um So yeah, a resounding meh for PhoneGap.
2: Can we discuss the airports first?
1: Yeah, I was just about to recommend that. Because everything you do from PhoneGap to a gap in Apple's product lineup. Uh,
2: Oh. Boom. I was going to say I'm super sad about this news.
0: Yeah, it's, it's my top. I bought it this year, I think. It's my top tech pickup this year.
1: If only because it reduced the amount that we give out to you.
0: Yes. But even for myself, it was an issue of certain devices in my apartment just weren't connecting to it properly, you know. And from a very small distance away in my bedroom, I couldn't connect to the internet on some devices. I had to be in the front room with it, which wasn't fun.
2: So just to give some background apple sell two brands essentially two brands of routers or two and a half brands of routers and the airport extreme um is the one the baz has that was last updated in june 2013 there's also a time capsule version which is the same physical exterior, but it just has a hard drive inside. And then the Airport Express, which was last updated in June 2012. And there was an article in Bloomberg, which we'll link to this week, saying that uh, Apple is about to discontinue these and basically withdraw them from sale. Bomber, Yeah. And it, uh, look, I, A, I know it's only a router. B, I know they haven't updated them in a very long time. So actually there are perhaps better options for some uses on the market now. Uh, Dave, I was over at your house earlier and you were um, I was asking you about your Sky broadband router. Yep. And it seems quite a nice piece of kit.
1: It's very Apple-y. Like even the box and everything reminded me of an Apple product.
2: but But in black. <laughs> but... Here's And, and, you know, they're old fashioned in other ways. Like if you update a setting on your airport, you have to restart it for it to pick up the settings. Like most modern routers, you can change almost anything without having to restart. Mm. Like they were clearly getting dated, but they just worked.
1: So I think the time capsule is the thing that I'm most disappointed about because I think it's just very useful. Like I can easily go out and buy another... Um, I can easily go out and buy another router. Um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are giving recommendations on routers now in the wake of this, and they're saying that they're better. You know, router technology has gotten way better than the the, the airports. Um, but the, any of the solutions I've used for time machine backups haven't been great. Um,
2: wireless. And it's a classic example of, like, throwing money Add a problem in a really positive way this is what Apple are really good at. Like a uh, time capsule, so they're still selling them. A two terabyte version is 329, um, three terabyte version is 429 euros. So they're not cheap, but you can buy one of these, stick it in your house, and you never have to worry about backing up your Mac again, really. Like, you know, it's just done. Um, and if they're removing this, then as you said, Dave, all the third-party time machine stuff is rubbish. Doesn't work. Like, what are we supposed to do?
1: I know, and they're all—they're all just as expensive. Like, it's not like you can all just take a chance on this four hundred thing um, that has something tacked onto it. You know, um, and they're all like—I mean, they're all just bad in other ways as well. That's—that's that's just the icing. Like, um, and it, it's kind of put me off buying anything other than an Apple time capsule for for that purpose. You know, and it's something that it's it's functionality that I want and it's something that I'm not happy about having to go off and replace when the you know when they they don't make them anymore.
2: I have also deployed an awful lot of even airport expresses um with customers um because part of um we this part of the prod, product we used to sell relied heavily on Bonjour, which is the Apple sort of network service discoverability protocol. It's the same thing that drives um, AirPlay for uh, wirelessly playing music. Um, and uh, I tried other routers, uh, like I tried some relatively well. I tried some routers around the hundred euro mark from companies like TP-Link. And they were fine, but they were sort of intermittently unreli- uh, unreliable. So one customer, I had three TP-Link routers, which was a very big premises, uh, all uh, wired in with Ethernet. <coughs> Ended up uh, ripping them all out, re- replacing them with Airport Expresses. And they were perfect. Not a peep since. Rock solid reliability. I know this is all anecdotal, but life's too short to be Googling... A problem with an obscure model of wireless router that you know kind of is probably you know like tp link sells that, that if you go on their website like they have so many models of routers and so you know you've got to figure out if it's a problem is it spe- specific to your model or is it a general sort of issue i don't know i i just think this makes me sad that this product will no longer be on sale why do you think they're discontinuing it? Because they don't care. And this is, I guess, me, this in the displays really feels like Apple is slowly killing the Mac ecosystem. They're not killing the Mac yet, but they are killing, for me, they are starting to kill the ecosystem. So I think, Baz, you sent an
1: article there um, on Vox.com. Apple may have finally gotten too big for its unusual corporate structure. Do we think this is all tied in?
0: I think there's just a lot of, there's a huge amount of speculation at home because like there is just, there is a what's going on inside and there, you know, which between where were the Macs for so long and then when we got the MacBooks Where's the Mac Pro, what's happening with the Mac Mini, what's happening with the Mac Air, they're getting rid of the airports, you know, it's, we're not, we're waiting so long for everything, we don't know where everything is, there's no communication, stuff just comes out and it seems like it's the phone that comes out, that's reliable, we're not going to get a foot new phone every year. But where's everything else coming out of what is the structure inside, who's looking after, you know, are the resources being put into just iPhone and new iPhone technology and selling stuff on their store? Um, who's heading up the Mac department? Who's heading up these, you know, why are they removing people from these uh, airport extreme department or departments? Uh, I guess it's just we don't know what's going on and people are just going to start writing articles about it. I guess this is one point of view. They're too big at the moment. Um,
2: the article <laughs> you posted, like, it does raise a good point in that, like, Apple doesn't and never has really had a head of the iphone head of the mac it has a head of software a head of hardware a head of services that's the way they're designed mm-hmm. so the point that vox article is making is that yeah like apple are doing lots of hardware work it's just not anything to do with the mac mm.
0: yeah that's a proper shame
2: so i wanted to ask you guys like why why do you like the mac why do you why do you guys have a mac like what as as you said about the airport everything just works i
0: haven't had many issues over the years with troubleshooting my mac you know stuff just seems to work on it i can install apps i can remove apps pretty quickly when i don't want them um I just have a good time, you know. I never, I never turn off the thing because it just keeps working. You just close the lid, open it back up again. <laughs> it's always working. Um, very, very rare that there's ever any issues with it. And I've had it for what four years, maybe. Um, not a peep out of the thing, and that's always the way it's been with Macs. They're pretty reliable. Uh, software just works, right. yeah pretty much the same
1: here like I mean I used work as um like before college and secondary school and all through college and even afterwards for a while I was working in a windows dominant or windows only environment there was one mac in the the marketing department later two macs and I think like I was I was I've been doing mac stuff since or at least setting them up and stuff as part of, uh, as part of work. Um, the, what's it, the, the iMac with all the colors, the one that you think of when they think about an iMac, the one people make tables out of, um, (laughs) that one is, um, that was my first experience with, with a Mac and I hated it so badly. um, and trying to get that, I think, though, because the, most of the problems were to do with connecting to a, a Windows, having it work in a Windows-centric uh, environment. And then, like, the software for getting it to talk to Windows was called Dave, which confused <laughs> everyone. So I'd get a phone call, hey, Dave, hey, uh, Dave isn't working. And I'd be like, wait a minute. And be like Or like you get, oh, hey, Dave, can you go up and take a look at Dave? on on the Mac, you know. Um so it was a product for the Mac that did the, the SMB uh sharing with Windows for the the um the sandbar or whatever you'd call it. And basically that was finicky enough. Um this was still back when there was an Internet Explorer for Mac, which didn't do a lot of things. Um I just remember overall it not being a great experience but all of my experiences were to get it working with Windows. Then um things started picking up OS10 came out things started getting nicer things started just working um i'm sure they just worked before if you if you went with the flow but um things started just working a few friends got max and i got actual proper hands on experience just looking at the the new OS10 and then i think i just started getting this feeling that this is this is the time because i had a dell like I spent a load of money on a Dell laptop and I barely got two years out of it. Like it was, and I spent a lot of money on that Dell laptop and it was still a piece of plastic and the hinges still broke and the screws fell out. And, you know, it just, it was really just the build quality really wasn't there. And, I was getting fed up of fixing things because at work I was fixing everything to do with Windows and then I just said screw it, buy a Mac it coincided with the release of the iPhone and it just it just made sense and I'd say I've spent a half an hour fixing it in the last almost probably decade I've spent fixing Mac related stuff just works like they said just works for me so anyway for
2: me Yeah, for me, there was another thing, like, absolutely, I echo what you guys are saying. And for me, there was something else as well about combining kind of the power of Unix and the stability of Unix with a sort of a well-designed GUI. Um, I always thought, like, software quality. I think we've enjoyed really good software quality in the Mac, especially from independent developers. Um. Certainly that was more apparent, I think, a few years ago. I'm sure there is a, as many good Mac apps now, but um, it was one of the things sort of apparent about when I got my first Mac. And I don't know, I, I I just, I think we need to start making plans for an exodus because, okay, they still sell Macs. Okay, they still updated the MacBook Pro. Um, but if you look at Apple's lineup apart from their MacBook Pro which they've just updated and we I know we discussed this update in the previous few episodes I think it was a grand update I don't think it was an amazing update um, and this is their essentially their signature um, <laughs> product in the Apple line now I don't know I just if this is the way they want to go to let it slowly die, um, stop making displays, stop making routers um i don't know makes me sad
1: I, just, I think give it a year or two and then when when like i don't know phil schiller and eddie q have to go and set up their wi-fi at home yeah all of a sudden they'll they'll go to the head of hardware and be like what have you done you know when <laughs> when the last when the last airport dies they'll yeah. they'll be sorry
0: that's exactly it but that th- that's the thing is if we are going to f- eventually face a future of going back using uh Windows machines or whatever we think the equivalent are um just the hardware quality you know the the this the, the, the uh, Apple being hardware and software manufacturers they have the their own OS on top of their own hardware you know it can be optimized true and true where you're gonna go and you're gonna get uh some mixed the hardware and to use with someone else's software like Windows on a Dell or something like this, it's just not going to be the same, really. And oh, and I can't wait.
1: I can't wait for the endless pop-up notifications to install a virus right. scanner and check my firewall. and
0: Drivers oh, and stuff God. like that. And yeah. and then, as they said, like, well, the, the build quality, you know, the build quality is the thing. I can throw this laptop around if I really wanted to. It's, it's, it's a beast of a yoke. And uh, going back to just plasticky kind of laptops... Low build quality, stuff that you kind of, you can hear breaking inside, (laughs) stuff that's not going to last. Not to say that every Mac has lasted a long time, but you kind of do feel that there is
2: proper build quality in it. So one of the last sort of major operating systems, not the last, but certainly one of the last that sort of made a really big impact, was when Steve Jobs left Apple and founded Next, and you know, Tim Berners Lee wrote the first version of the World Wide Web, and an X Cube, um, and eventually, obviously, Apple bought Next back, and that's the basis of OS, the Mac OS, sorry, that we use every day. Do you think there's an opening for somebody like Steve Jobs to like if Apple don't care about the Mac? There's there's clearly enough professionals for whatever the de- definition you want to use of that. Um, You know, could somebody else come along and sell possibly something based on either the Linux or the FreeBSD um, kernel? um, A tightly integrated range of desktop and laptop hardware with a sort of surrounding ecosystem? Is that something that could happen? I think just the sheer
1: momentum you would need to overcome... From the other platforms, and just like basically, you need Adobe on your your system if you have any.
2: Flash is dead, though, right?
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm talking about Photoshop. They're not going to. St- no, no, the, okay, the creative, creative, <laughs> creative cloud. Oh, I see. Sorry, the professional Photoshop the prof- should run on it. The professional apps have to run on it. Um, mo- like realistically, there's 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 the Photoshop apps and stuff like that there's a few other bits and pieces. If this has a native development environment or something, that's fine. If it can run, um, you know, other cross compilers or something like that, even better. I think the, the, Oh, I don't see anyone doing this at the moment. That isn't, um, Amazon, Google. I mean, Microsoft already do it, but like Amazon or Google really, and Google kind of done it with the Chromebook. Um, to a certain extent but I just think the sheer you need you need these in the hands of people you need them and and uh, you need people using them to get people to write software for them and that's that's how you handle that so at least Google with the Chromebook were very smart in that you can you can just use Chrome on your computer anyway I mean most people using their laptops these days I'd imagine a Chromebook would do like 99% of everything they want you know microsoft office adobe photoshop they're about the only things you won't get on it but they have web versions that are decent enough for stuff you need to do if you want to draw doodles you can use the web photoshop with all the all the new fancy stuff like just reshaping and relighting photos no obviously but you know the the basics are there but it's not what we want
2: maybe one thing that we might want so one of the things i mentioned was this concept of like unix plus a gui that didn't suck yeah um and you mentioned windows because now you can fire up bash in windows right you can so why don't we why don't we get a an LPC laptop yeah i mean the the prices
1: are you know the prices are nice the prices are attractive it's great that you can you know, you could be like, Asher, look, I'll just spend 400 on a laptop for the time being, and you can actually get something that you can use, um, and it might actually last longer if you if you know what you're doing, um, but I'm still not there. Windows 10, good update, um, definitely over Windows 8 anyway, maybe not so much over Windows 7, just in terms of usability, but I'm old, so what would I know? Mm. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really thinking that my next machine, I'm thinking that I can keep my Mac around. Obviously, it's only three years old. There's another good bit left on it. Or I can get another Mac at some stage or get a, I'm afraid that the Mac Mini will never be released again or never refreshed again.
2: Yeah, that's a goner.
1: Which is um very sad. And I think that I'm very tempted by... I know I just literally I had it that that last laptop I was talking about being disappointed with was a Dell XPS. Um, but for the, that was a decade ago, you know, so maybe things have changed and it is the Dell XPS 13, um, which is the smallest laptop on the planet, um, so apparently it's the smallest thirty-three point eight centimeter laptop. I imagine that all. <laughs> I imagine all thirty-three point eight centimeter laptops would be the same size, but I know what they mean. Um, you know, but there's probably a smaller thirty-three point nine centimeter laptop out there somewhere um, that has the world's first virtually borderless infinity edge display available with touch. So that means it has a really tiny border. Um, <laughs> virtually,
2: not literally. And so they start we'll at twelve hundred. You know, okay, so we'll put a link in the show notes. And one person who switched from a Mac, uh, to one of these Dells is Linus Torvalds, who yeah. used a MacBook Air, I think, for quite a while. Yep, um, that's what got my attention because I,
1: yeah, sorry, I ruined that, <laughs> but yeah, that's what got my attention.
2: So Um, seem quite nice. They're using the latest generation. How come Dell are using Kaby Lake and Apple aren't? It's
0: just timing, I think. Apple probably had to put in a big order months ago.
2: Oh, okay. So this might be a kind of a a more limited... um, Yeah.
1: I think Dell, this is definitely the higher end of Dell's catalogue. You know, so... I'd I'd estimate that they'll sell only a fraction of these in comparison to what Apple sells overall, you know.
0: I can imagine there's a lot of people in my company would like these kind of machines now for developing on.
2: I mean, it shows what influence Apple has had on laptop design because, you know, the same way as kind of the iPhone influenced smartphone design, like it clearly the MacBook Air and then the MacBook Pro were the forerunners for, for these machines, right?
1: Oh, obviously. In terms of yeah.
2: form factor and, and stuff. And it comes in rose
1: gold, ah. you know. Huh. <laughs> but it but this, uh,
2: this looks great. Um, and I it has... an option...
1: Sorry, go on. It has the developer edition, yeah, which is what I think you're you about to say. So it comes... You can get Ubuntu with all the drivers and you know it'll work.
2: I have to say, I don't think I'd run these days i i'm sure it's changed and i'm sure it's all awesome now but i'm not sure i had the patience to be running ubuntu as my sort of daily driver operating system um but it's nice that it's kind of fully compatible though right so you could dual boot i guess
1: yeah and there's a slight possibility that that would mean that the hardware would be hackintoshable true Maybe yeah, not, though, be... but in my my brain thinks that's a logical conclusion to come to. Um, so,
0: you're, Dave, you were comparing it to equivalent to a MacBook. Uh, is that equivalent in specs or price? Or both? Well, it just seems to me like, uh, so I'm still on a 2013 MacBook Air,
1: and yeah. it seems to me like they just logically took the 2013 MacBook Air.
0: Got and, a very similar profile from the side and everything.
1: Yeah, and just, just kind of Continued iterating on it in small ways, not big ways like Apple would have done mm-hmm. but um and price wise like it starts at uh basically one thousand two hundred and forty nine and goes up basically to two thousand and ninety nine so
2: um and the Macbook pro starts at seventeen hundred and forty nine yeah. So so, so are you
0: saying as good as a MacBook Pro in specs sorry rather than a MacBook uh 12 inch or MacBook Air well this is a 13 inch so
1: the right. 13 inch top of the line 2 grand 7th generation i uh core i7 16 gig memory terabyte solid state drive like you know and it it seems to have yeah. a, a newer um newer um
0: any graphics card in it
1: uh it's the the intel onboard. so you but but i guess the hd620 and it has the retina screen as well okay macbook then is the the,
0: is pretty much the same unless you opt in for the the graphics card then
1: and that's on the 15 inch one is it only Only. probably yeah probably
0: yeah but again like just the reason i was kind of wondering is as I was saying kind of just earlier it's, it's great and all but it's the thing about the mac is the the hardware and the software just work well together so i know equivalent specs but is it going to be like equivalent speeds equivalent performance
2: um, oh no and
1: we we know we know that and we know that the trackpad's going to be awful as well like, right
2: yeah well maybe Except that there was, there is some evidence that Dell have done some work here. Um, and maybe, it might not be Dell, but it may be another company that, you do, like, Baz, you're talking about kind of integration between software and hardware. But actually, like, you know, one of the pains of running a Windows machine is really crappy drivers. Mm. Um. So actually, if some of these manufacturers could get their fingers out and actually just ship, Good drivers. They don't have. I do. um, Does Windows still have? What do they call the thing beside the clock? Task bar. Yeah. Does anyway. A bit like. You know, the memories of of the XP days where you'd have like about 20 things, like your mouse driver, your Synaptics mouse driver would be there. (laughs) Um, And it's just like, this is junk. This is absolute junk. Before, as junk, before it starts nagging me about, click here to learn features about your pointing device. It's like, no. But but I
0: I, Um, I guess my point is, this looks attractive to us, but then, you know, we know that when we go and use it, it's not going to be that great or we got one ourselves and might not be Mm. we'd be missing the Mac and is that the thing we're eventually going to have to get one of these and we're all going to be missing the Mac right (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah, you're probably right I guess this feels like it's closer along the journey getting there but towards a non-sucky Windows laptop
0: but what happens if Mac does pull out like are people going to continue to improve I guess I mean like the MacBook is probably too small now you know
2: they could do, do you know do you know what they're gonna do because yeah. um so people are saying um oh they'll never kill the mac because well, we made this point before like they're never gonna kill the mac because what are you gonna write the software for iphones and ipads on yes you know, so the ipads no <laughs> no no. they'll, they'll port code to windows <laughs> and for a preview of what that that's like i would present to you itunes for windows oh god <laughs> it's gonna be so bad <laughs> oh dear
1: the future is bright
0: the future is quad HD. orange <laughs>
2: <laughs> so before this turns into another depressing episode before i launch into a cappella to cheer you oh both up. Christ, please don't. <laughs> can we talk about um, Cards Against Humanity's latest uh, promotion for Black Friday <laughs> stroke Thanksgiving? We can indeed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't. I don't know what happened. I know you sent a link and I didn't. I'm not going to lie. Have you not heard about this? Uh, you sent the link the other day, but I didn't get a chance to look at it. I've been kind of is. off the internet a good bit this week.
2: It's so class. So you remember the last few years, uh, Cards Against Humanity doing weird things yeah. for Black Friday.
0: Like they put up the price or something.
2: Yeah. So last year, I think they put up the price. Uh, the year, uh, One year, they offered to uh, send poo to people, I think. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and um, for people who haven't heard of Cards Against Humanity, it is essentially a very rude card game. Would that be a fair description?
0: Yep. Yeah. And awesome. Not pretty easily offended. Yeah.
2: Um, but the guys that run it just seem really awesome. So they do these kind of stunts uh, for Black Friday. So they're kind of anti-promotion. So this year, they are digging a hole. That's it.
1: Well, according to the website, it says hole got dug. So (laughs) (laughs) are they done? They have, they're done. And there's a live stream of a a John Deere digger just sitting there and some people walking around.
2: (laughs) So you could, um, you could pay. So they had like loads of diggers on site. So basically you could sponsor the digging and they're trying to collect as much money they could to keep the digging going and going. Um, so they they made it through the weekend. Digging a hole. Yeah, a huge hole. I, I, I like to think they didn't
0: tell the person whose land it is and just, you know, rolled up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed uh, that they went wide instead of deep, though.
2: Oh, ah. <laughs> it's, I think it's quite difficult to build a deep hole. I have to say, this. Um, they had, they had the money. Down. <laughs> <laughs> so the website's not loading for me, Dave. I don't know if it's loading for you.
1: Oh, yeah, I got the, the live hole feed.
2: <laughs> awesome. Because they, they're quite a good FAQ at the bottom, right?
1: Yeah, they do. So what's happening here? Cards Against Humanity is digging a holiday hole. Is this real? Unfortunately, it is. And where is the hole? America and in our hearts is there some sort of deeper meaning or purpose to the hole no what do i get for contributing money to the hole a deeper hole
2: what else are you gonna buy an ipod
1: why aren't you giving all this money to charity why aren't you giving all this money to charity it's your money is the hole bad for the environment no this is just a bunch of empty land now there's a (laughs) hole that's life how am I supposed to feel about this? You're supposed to think it's funny. You might not get it for a while, but sometime next year you'll chuckle quietly to yourself and remember all this business about the hole. <laughs> how deep can we make this sucker? Great question. As long as you keep spending, we'll keep digging. We'll find out together how deep this thing goes. What if you dig so deep you hit hot magma? Then at least we'd feel
0: something. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs>
1: so there's like the top donor. Did, did, did either is, of
0: you contribute? Oh yeah, I wanted no. to know how much the top donor was.
1: I had done Robert and Sunnyvale, but like one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars.
2: Go on, Robert and Sunnyvale. Pra- fair, fair play. He could have yeah. bought
0: a Mac with that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he got a hole, a bigger hole.
1: That's it. That's class. Yeah. That's it. They raised. A hundred thousand five hundred and seventy-three
0: dollars. Wow, that's mental. So they must have the with
1: 000, sorry. What? A hundred thousand. Yeah, a hundred thousand <laughs> five hundred seventy-three. Sorry, yeah. Oh yeah. At a rate of um, thirty cents or point three dollars a second.
2: And I just think, like, the cards against humanity guys in particular, that they, they just. It's like they really get the internet or something. Like, this is just beautiful, right? Yeah. And clearly designed to annoy people as well, right? Like the FAQ. I think it's amazing. Those guys are just class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that cheered me up anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually, as soon as I I hit a refresh there and the page disappeared. So maybe the holiday hole is is done. Have you ever played it, Thomas?
2: yeah it's a little too rude for me i think
0: right oh yeah
2: i I, i'm a little prim what are you But i really (laughs) i really want to play a secret hitler though have you guys played that no Uh, no that that's um same guys um it's like 1930s germany and one of you is hitler um but everybody else doesn't know that you're hitler it's better than a sense, I swear. Well, I've heard oh, is it, is it like a
1: Assassin or Mafia or one of those games, is it? Yeah. Uh, we should get together and do this. And yeah. we should probably involve our significant others as well for maximum <laughs> offence. Um, yeah, so it says should ship August 2016. Yeah, we'll put that on the list.
2: Fantastic.
1: So is that what's making you happy this week, Thomas?
2: Um i forgot to put um christmas gift ideas
0: yeah i know i know we talked about doing it last week last week might have been better because black friday yeah (laughs) which is over kind of i guess today maybe as we're recording this tomorrow might be cyber monday so it's going to be missed i guess by the time the podcast goes up but yeah do you have any
2: recommendations anyway yeah i have some boring ones um you guys, um, so I think every, like a really handy one to get for family members is a battery pack. Like a, a USB charger one? Yeah, I call them lipsticks because when they first came out they came sort of in a cylinder that looked a little bit like a, a lipstick. Mm-hmm, yep. Um, oh, always useful. So I would, uh, for things like these, I tend to, if I'm buying an Amazon, I tend to go for a manufacturer called Anchor. Their
1: class, yeah. I use all their stuff. By which I mean like two cables, but all their stuff.
0: <laughs> the only two cables you'll ever need. I now. have a
1: 10-port USB charger from them actually as well. Nice. Um, at work for charging lots of devices really fast. And it's it's just a real solid piece of kit. Like, um, And they're they're pretty good i have a few
0: uh actually just
1: on the on the the battery charger thing now that i have an iphone 7 and one of them battery chargers which i now need because i can't charge my phone while listening to it can i get one of those lip those lipstick thing chargers that will let me plug headphones into it as well (laughs) (laughs) so that i can both listen to my podcast and charge it while crying in the corner
0: (laughs) there's gotta be one
1: yeah, if we find one, we'll put it in the show notes, and if not, you can email us.
2: <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um. So, just a, a tip, and I'm trying to look it up to find, but there are flying restrictions on battery packs.
0: There is not really.
2: That's like there that's the prime is.
0: time you want to use them,
2: right? I know. So you have to put it in your luggage. Um, it depends. On different, um, like if you get sort of 20,000 milliampires, why do not they just say 20 amperes Anyway, this is the. the because 20,000 go. looks
0: better as a product selling uh, thing. Okay,
2: so yeah, anything under 20,000 seems fine. Um, yeah, I, last time I flew, they were asking, because um, there have been some scare stories, especially with e cigarettes, because uh, some of them come with slightly dodgy battery packs. Mm hmm. So, I uh, definitely don't cheap out on these things and buy a dodgy one um uh buy a, a sort of a trusted name because they do look at the c e stickers and stuff in the bottom at least uh as well okay, cool um, but
1: as you were saying, you had some stuff
0: yeah, well, one I guess fits in for you dave um I suppose wireless headphones are gonna be or bluetooth headphones are gonna be pretty big um one of the best ones I've seen anyway, probably a premium enough one is the Bird X3 or the Bird X2. Uh, they're pretty nice. They come with a strap that keeps them around your neck. Um, but they're, they get like between like five to eight hours um, and they're meant to be fantastic. They come with their own app. Um, so they have like their own profiles you can use and you can use that between different devices and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if the Apple AirPods have come out yet. Um, but No, they're delayed until next year, I think. Okay, because there are rumours they're meant to be out this week. Um, so, the Jaybird ones, I guess, would be a decent one. Some <clears throat> stupid things. The NES Classic Mini is out at the moment. Really, really hard to get. Um, I just gave one of them to a couple of friends of mine who got married uh, at the weekend. So... <laughs> they're happy but I've seen them online for like $200 but if they come back out people will like them you can also get a mini Mega Drive um, which might do for now it's kind of a small kind of gift you could give to someone comes preloaded like 20-25 games those kind of things are nice Um,
1: and I just I think that the NES won't be back until after Christmas also the PSVR is gone until after Christmas Wow. And I think you, if you are technically inclined, you should. Ju- you can buy a Raspberry Pi, um, put Retro Pi on it, and do some torrenting. Yeah, and, yeah.
0: You can. Uh, there's definitely ways around yeah. it. I guess. I guess the appeal is to, you get the controllers, and oh, you get it's, it's lovely. That looks, like, yeah, yeah. Looks the business. Even the box is lovely. It's fantastic. Um, one other one I'd recommend is smart lights. <laughs> I think they're kind of cool. They're kind of a nice little gadget for people. Uh, they would be used, I guess. I know, Dave, you'd probably love a stocking full of smart lights. Yep. Um, but one stocking other one I wanted to... Stocking full of cash. Yeah. <laughs> one other one for stocking fillers I want to recommend was on Reddit. There's a subreddit called Amazon Under 5. So it's gifts on Amazon for under $5, I guess, €5. Euro, and it might be a great place just for finding small gadgets and stuff like that. Or small little presents for people at Christmas, I think mean, that's a really good one because you could probably just buy a load of them at the same time and get them delivered to you, but uh might be kind of good for last minute ideas um cool, We'll yeah. put a link to that in the show notes yeah oh, throw it in
1: yeah, so I suppose just um to talk about the the light bulbs for a second if you mm. if you want to buy someone one light bulb um LifeX is the way to go because they all work independently and you don't need a hub and everything but if you want and it, it's a smaller investment they have a pretty good sale on at the moment on their second generation stuff it's going out they've the third generation stuff coming in now at the moment and they seem to be trying to sell out their old inventory um, at a reduced price but they their bulbs they work you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with them if, if, the, if the spec suits um, so you can buy the LifeX ones one at a time with Philips you need a bridge and you can buy the starter pack but that's that's um, you know, it it probably works out per bulb, but roughly the same. But the barrier to entry is a lot lower with the LifeX if you just want one snazzy bulb in your in your house. Um, so second thing, obviously, if you have smart bulbs, you need to be able to talk to them because what's the point in having lights that hmm. are smart if you can't talk to them? So, um, I I really wanted the Amazon Echo for ages, but I put off getting it for reasons. Um unknown to myself I just it only it's only been out a month like in in the UK so I had to order it get it shipped to Parson Motel and all that but um, for some reason I didn't and then I logged in on Black Friday and it was there for £119 instead of the usual 149 so I pulled the trigger on that anyway And I'll keep you posted in the next one, if if I'm allowed to open it before Christmas, um, as to what, uh, as to how that's going on. Thanks, Denise. Um, So, yeah, uh, they're potential gift ideas. I'd say another small thing is um, my dad picked one of these up on Amazon for me and I'll put a link to it in the the show notes. But it's a small, tiny little uh, USB receiver that goes into the AUX port in my car or, or anywhere and it's it's really nice and you can charge it uh by usb so if you have a, a usb adapter in the car you can charge it and it is really nice it pairs really quickly with the iphone there's no messing around you hold down the button for three seconds it turns on it starts playing whatever's connected to your phone automatically there's no there's no hassle it's really really nice and it was it was really cheap And the battery is, I use it for commuting for two weeks, and I've had to charge it once after the the two weeks. So, pretty good. We done?
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to do the making us happy or anything.
2: Don't we? I suppose they're making us happy instead.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Lots of stuff to make us happy. Ooh, one other Christmas idea, actually. That I got from you, Dave. Yeah, uh, which I think we in our family are going to try out this Christmas is Readly. Oh yeah. Um, so we were talking about uh, magazine subscriptions, um, and Dave, you recommended this service. So it's a tenner a month, and so, you yep. get access, and you get access to a huge amount of uh, magazines to read on your tablet. Um. And you're allowed to add five family members, so I think me, my mum, my sister, and Sheila are going to maybe try it out over Christmas. Well, at least you were and one extra person. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: Go away, Baz.
0: You <laughs> thought we were a fan, man. <laughs> I
1: think you get a. I I got a week's free trial when I signed up the first time, so I don't know if they still do that. Uh, yeah, they do two weeks now. Two weeks. So we're gonna. Okay. D-
2: so we're going to, I think, try it out over Christmas week. So at least we have lots of stuff to read uh, over Christmas and then make a decision w- whether we're going to drop the money on it or not.
1: I think it's it's well worth the money because I think, um, first of all, there's the magazines you're interested in. But then like often I'll hear, I'll see an article about something published in uh, some Bloomberg magazine and I'll be like oh, I'll just see is that on Readly and then I can read it there, you know. Um, or I'll just randomly decide to read a car magazine or, you know, you can just, you can just flick through this. uh, It says uh, 1500 top titles and you know, you, you might end up in reading, I don't know, Mustang monthly or American survival or, some ridiculous stuff, but it, it has all the, the standard magazines. The reason I picked it up at the start was uh, video game magazines. So like Games TM well, and Edge, they were coming up them. around. It has them, yeah. And and more, it has the uh, Retro Gamer and a few other others. So they were coming in at over €6 Euro a piece inside in town. And the subscriptions to them, they have their own apps as well, obviously, where you can subscribe. And I think they were like €4 Euro a piece on the app or something like that. They've probably gone up since. And then... I came across Readly. So for the price of, for less than the price of two real magazines, you're getting this. So I think even if, you know, even if you read one page of one magazine a month, if one of you reads it, I think it's, I think it's impossible not to find value in this if you, if you, if you buy one magazine a month, you know, or
2: if you would have. i tell you what, Baz. I'll add you to the family subscription. I don't you want to, to be part of your from...
0: family, Thomas. I'm done. No, you can. You just have to stay away from my sister. <laughs> <laughs> he'll,
1: keep, he'll keep logging in as Thomas, and <laughs> <laughs> picking, picking like uh, inappropriate but, magazines oh, like to crap. his queue.
0: <laughs> You can get all, you can get all the, those cheap magazines. You know, those um, TV guide magazines, the ones that, you, oh, you can get the Beano, but you can get like the, the hospital magazines, I guess I'd call them um yeah oh man you get comics as well yeah
1: yeah oh it's so, it's unreal can, like if you if, if you've any interest at all and it's great because they've all the they've some of the like um i don't want to say the names in case they're not actually the ones i'm thinking of and people go that is none at all but like they've um bbc focused. they've history magazines they've they've a lot like um a lot on it country living brilliant Country Living, Horse and Hound, maybe. that I, I don't know if that's in there. If, if it's not, don't complain to me. Um, Empire, if you're into Horse and Hound magazine
0: music. is on it, Dave. Good, good.
1: Entrepreneur. Um, Playboy's on it since they stopped doing the old, uh, the naked bits. Um, so now you can really only read it for the articles, apparently. Um, wow. Fast Company, Bloomberg, Businessweek, Total Guitar, Total Film. BBC Sky at Night, uh, Linux User and Developer, um, BBC Focus, uh, All About History, All About Space, Edge, um, Web Designer. And this goes
0: on and on.
1: Um, SFX, uh, Games TM, How It Works, Lonely Planet, Retro Gamer, Top Gear, um, Inc, Bloomberg Markets,
2: um, Popular Science. Hey. hey Baz, there's a base magazine.
0: Are you sure it's not Bass magazine? That'd be... <laughs> no, it's definitely
2: bass because he's he's holding a bass. He's he looks bass. kind of pathetic though. Like compared to the guitar magazines, they've got really cool covers. This is just an old guy in the cover looking pretty sad.
0: That's because that, he's into it. You know, it's making him emotional because it's so beautiful.
2: <laughs> it looks like such a lame He's not magazine. thinking about
0: all the chicks he's going to be banging after the gig. He's just thinking about like, you know... <laughs> The, the you know all the, the pentatonic scales he was just doing and stuff you know and how no one appreciates him my, my oh, harmonics guys. my, my yeah. harmonics yeah. well, that guitar sounds great where's your guitar <gasps> when you got four strings ah <laughs> uh. doo doo